right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time to say. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Out a little early today at 524 Lawrence High Softball. First pitch will be at 530. But uh, we are going to have a loaded show in terms of RCST trivia. Four matchups coming at you today. We'll start those at 4.05. They'll bleed into the 5 o'clock hour. Five matchups actually tomorrow. So today and tomorrow yeah. is like the real first round when you're watching the NCAA tournament. Yes, you've settled in on your couch. And it's just back to back to back mm-hmm. matchups, upsets, exciting games. So much fun. So be in tune for that coming up at uh, 4.05 here. Matt Tate is going to join us at 3.40 here on RCST. Primo Spears, a visit supposedly beginning today for KU. There, I, I think that if uh, he ends up picking KU and he comes to KU, Brian Haney's going to have a field day with that, right? With uh, Primo? Well, there, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. I mean, the, the word Spears, Spears yeah, right? He, Spears. he lanced them. He, yep. I don't know, a lot of different ways you can go with that. A lot of ways you can go with Primo, right? Primo, like, yep. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Primo rib? I don't know. I'm running Primo out of Primo with ideas. the prime time. <laughs> yeah. Primo. The Primo time. Yeah. Primo time. He's Primo time. That'll be his, like, nickname. Primo time. Instead of Deion Sanders prime time, it's Primo time. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I want to talk about him because he's certainly been a, I think, polarizing player, to say the least, among KU fans for players that are in the transfer portal that KU has shown, yes, interest. shown interest in. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I do, just to begin with, um, we talked about this last week with the Arterio Morris visit. Sometimes visits are about the school selling themselves to the players. Other times, they're the player selling themselves to the school. Sometimes they're a mix of both. I think this probably leans toward the side more of the player selling himself to the school. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it with Primo. Like, he makes sense as, like, your third guard. Makes sense as, like, your first guard off the bench. He could be be a guy that would slot in there, right? And that's a spot that you kind of need to fill right now if you're KU. I mean, you have – you either need – if you're KU, you either need another guard off the bench or you need to – another wing, right? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the two ways you can go if you're KU. You You could get another wing. Or he can get another guard. This is also, of course, assuming that you actually get Hunter Dickinson. So let's say you do have Hunter Dickinson. At that point, you then need to acquire either one more wing or one more guard wing type player, which Primo Spears is certainly more of in the guard category. I think he's what six. Yeah, he's six, six four, four, six three, six four, six, three. Yeah. So it would be more in the guard category. But yeah, this is a guy that you that you could easily have coming off the bench. I mean, I think Primo Spears would be a guy that the comp for him would be. Joe Yesfu or Bobby Pettiford, a guy that comes off the bench and can hopefully provide you with the scoring spark. Now, obviously, in the case of Joe Yesfu, it just never really, it never really happened, 
right? He never really got real traction traction going uh, in that situation. But I but Spears has that proven scoring at a bit of a higher level school, Georgetown, compared to a Drake where Joe Yesu was coming from. So I, I feel better about his floor for being a guy off the bench who can score, probably being higher, and also potentially a ceiling as well. I mean, he's definitely an explosive, an explosive scorer that that makes things interesting. But yeah, this is a guy that would definitely slot in as like your your third, fourth guard. So if, if you were to bring him in, you'd have Dewan, El Marco, Timberlake, and Primo Spears, basically. Now, in that situation, you might be playing Timberlake more at the three occasionally and maybe having three guards out there like we discussed yesterday with the idea of a three-little guard lineup, basically, uh, which is a possibility. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, this is definitely a guy where the expectations aren't he's going to come in and start, right? Like, if you land Hunter Dickinson, obviously he's starting. Timberlake is probably going to be starting at first, but he's probably going to be a guy that maybe not starts every game but plays quite a bit. If you land a Jalen Tyson type, he's probably a guaranteed starter. If you had landed Harrison Ingram, probably a guaranteed starter. Primo Spears is not that guy. He's not going to be a guaranteed starter if if KU gets him. He's going to be more of your guy coming off the bench, which, listen, we, we learned from last year. You've got to have somebody off the bench. Somebody that can come in and be reliable as as a scorer or be, just be a reliable player. Because look what happened. KU did not really have that last year, and it really hurt them. It really hurt them in games when they got in foul trouble. It really hurt them in games where Kevin McCuller was struggling or where Grady Dick didn't you know score as many points. So you that's definitely a vital, vital piece if you want to be a legit national title contender. You absolutely need minimum one guy, probably two off the bench that you can at least rely on. Not necessarily to be a scorer, but in this case, for Primo Spears, it probably would be to be a scorer because that's kind of what he does. But, you know what I mean? You need you need that. And I think that was really emphasized on last year's team. And I wonder if that recent memory in the backs of the minds of Bill Self and the rest of the Kansas staff is a reason why they are looking at a guy like Primo Spears. Like, hey, they recognize, guess what? We need a guy that we can rely on off the bench. Okay? And... Primo Spears might fit that potentially as someone who can come off the bench and, and score quickly. We don't. We don't know. I mean, it's we'd have to see. Obviously, if he if he did come to Kansas, but it is it is an interesting one. And and and, and I think we've talked about this a couple times over the past couple weeks. Primo Spears definitely feels like a guy for Kansas where they're keeping their eyes open, right? To me, I I don't know for sure, but this is just based on everything that's happening. It seems pretty clear that KU is really trying to slow play a lot of the guys that they're going after until they figure out what happens with Dickinson, right? Is that That's fair to say, I think, at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're definitely trying to slow play until they figure out what happens with Dickinson, which, listen, makes sense, but it's a risky strategy because then you get a guy like Harrison Ingram who definitely wanted to commit or wanted to feel more like he was secure or, you know, quicker, and then maybe that's one of the reasons why he didn't pick Kansas. So it's definitely a risk, but for Primo Spears, for now, it seems like he's still pretty open in terms of his recruitment, and so... KU's definitely going to entertain that, at least for the time being. But, you know, listen, if Hunter Dickinson commits and then all of a sudden Arturio Morris wants to come to Kansas, I don't think Primo Spears is that high on the totem pole in terms of priorities for Kansas. But, listen, you always got to have, have a plan B, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's maybe what this feels like. I mean, obviously you're not going to tell the player that when he's on the visit. You're not going to be like, hey, by the way, you're like our fourth option. So you kind of suck, actually. No, you're not going to say that, you know. But you get the idea. So I, it, it is an interesting piece of a potential puzzle that could come together for Kansas. But 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm definitely like I'm definitely not expecting Primo Spears to like make a commitment or anything because I think KU is definitely trying to keep their options open at this point. Right. I I think that's very well put. Um. So where does he fall in the pecking order? That's a question that we don't obviously have the answer to. But is it based on Kyle Cuff coming or staying, or, or I guess staying or going? Is it based on um, if you don't land, like you said, like a Hunter Dickinson, where you're just going to bring on extra guards? Is it based on... Um, is it based on Jalen Tyson, what he does? Sure. Is it based is it, on Arturio Morris, right. what he does? We don't know. Or are some of those guys based on what he does? We have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea where he is in the pecking order here. I would guess, based on the profile, he's maybe you know a little further down than a lot of those guys, if not all of them that we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, the production's really good at Georgetown. Georgetown was also very bad last year. Year before, is it Duquesne? Production good, but also Duquesne was very bad. You look at um, his synergy profile, and defensively, he was like a below-average defender, 44th percentile. Now, maybe he gets into a different role. He's not carrying the load. He's a better defender in what he's being asked to do at Kansas. Uh, 68th percentile in isolation scoring, so he's actually pretty good at that. Not very good in transition play. He was 63rd percentile, so pretty good in spot-up shooting. Um, in terms of his spot-up... His, his three-point shooting overall is not No, it's impressive. just 30%. If you yeah. just look at spot-up threes, though, he was 13 of 37, which is 35%, and that would be a lot better. Um, but... The overall threes aren't great. Now, is that just a product of him being on a bad team and yeah, just being his coach chucker. wasn't running a good amount of plays and he had to take bad shots? And then the 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 phrase you just used, shot chucker, is <laughs> is the percentage down because he's taking bad shots? Is he taking bad shots because of the situation around him? Can he rein that in? Can he get better shots at Kansas? Those are all questions that the KU staff has to kind of figure out, and I'm sure they do kind of feel comfortable one way or another. Uh, this won't make you feel great. I just uh, added Primo Spears to Kansas on the Bart Torvik roster cast. I'm guessing it made him worse. Right now, they're number nine in the Bart Torvik roster cast. I, I okay. think they went up to number eight last week at one point, and then somebody must have added somebody, and they dropped to nine. If you add Primo Spears, they drop to number 19. <laughs> now, this is also based on the assumption that it has Primo Spears playing 28 minutes per game, which yeah. that would not well, and, happen. And I think the other – I like – that roster cast, but the other issue is I don't think it does a very good job of like casting who would be on the floor at the same time. No, no, that's the thing. Right. It has it has right now, so it has uh Dewan Harris playing eighty two percent of minutes, which would be what like that's like thirty what, thirty five? No, yeah, right? thirty three, thirty four, something like that. It has I'm Primo at, Spears. I'm bad at math. No, you're fine. It has Primo Spears playing 28 minutes per game. It has Nicholas Timberlake playing like 26, 27 minutes per game. And Marco Jackson playing like 26 minutes per game. Uh, Primo Spears, I don't think would be ahead of those other two guys. And definitely not. I don't think you have room to play all four of those 26 <laughs> plus minutes, right? So the roster construction unless you're running, would be different. Unless you're running four little guards. Yeah. So it's not like a perfect way, but I, I think that does show you the, like what I said at the beginning here, the. Polar, polarness, polarity, I don't know, whatever polarity. that word would be. Like, Primo Spears is just very polarizing, I guess is the way of putting it. And it is because sure. of that reason. Because um, the numbers look good, the efficiency's not good, what would his role be at KU? I tend to agree with you that if his role is to come in and be your third or fourth guard, he should at least be an improvement over Joe Yesfu. Like, you just look at the percentages. What Joe Yesfu did last season I mean, was He like, was under 30%. Yeah, he was 37% from the field and I think 26 or 27 from three. Yeah. So those are improvements from Spears. And I think the difference with Spears versus like Yesfu and Bobby is that 
Spears does have some potential. He has two years left to play, 6'4 guard. He had some big-time games. Against Xavier earlier this year, he had 37 points and 11 assists. So, like, he's shown the high-ability games that maybe if you can just drag more consistency, you get him into a better system, better players around him, better coaching staff that's going to put him in better situations, he ends up being a big upgrade over what you had with Joe or Bobby, to your point, on the bench scoring. Yeah, I will say, though, I think with players like this, we have a tendency to put on the rose-colored glasses of, oh, of course he'll be better at Kansas. Like, he's got Bill right. Self, he's got the staff, he's got all this, you know, and that that may not always come true. I mean, that's been evidenced by some previous transfers. Like, you know, you look at Joe Yesfu, who just, you know, just for whatever reason, it just didn't click, right? And, you know, so I, but I, but like I said, I do think the floor would probably be higher with Spears than with Yesifu, which would make you feel a little bit better. Uh, but then you do have the question of his eligibility, right? This is a second transfer, which the NCAA allegedly claims they're going to be cracking down on. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's whatever that means. That's the crux of this. Uh, uh, you know, his coach was fired, but uh, the again, the NCAA allegedly claims they're not going to accept that as, as reason to receive a waiver. So there's that issue. Yeah. And at this stage of the game, given the situation with Kansas – I have to assume that they are not going to take a guy that's not eligible this year. Agreed. I just don't think they have this. They don't. First of all, they're already doing the self-imposed one less scholarship, and already, you know, their roster is pretty thin when you look at certain positions. You can't afford to have a guy take up a scholarship just sitting on the bench this year. Yeah, you would have to feel very comfortable about, and maybe who knows, part, part of the visit. And here, I mean, you know, if you get Dickinson and Tyson, then like, okay, I guess maybe you do feel more comfortable, but like. Even then, I think it's still a pretty big game. No, I, I think part of the visit, you're going to get conversations about, like, well, in what ways could we try to get you? Because there are certain loopholes that they have. Oh, yeah. Like, is there something Dude, that you would NCAA, classify for? They, they, you know, they don't, I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want, basically. I mean, <laughs> well, to that notion, I wonder if this would be the type of guy that you would try to use a scholarship, scholarship workaround for. What I mean by that. Um... It, we talked about this last week with Michael Swain. Uh, go check it out in the podcast if you missed it. The idea that, you know, you have different schools, and this has been done before, and I think it'll be a little bit more rampant, it wouldn't surprise me within the next five to ten years, is schools basically buying an extra scholarship. You only have 13 scholarship players. Oh, man, well, we're full up on scholarships, but this recruit wants to go here that we really liked, but we didn't think um, that he was going to be available. What do we do? Well, you just bring him on. You bring him on as a walk-on. You like pay a, him. Yeah, it's like a preferred exactly. walk-on or whatever. You bring him. Uh, you pay him thousands and thousands of dollars as a preferred walk-on. He pays for his own school, but it's basically you paid for it and bought yourself an extra scholarship. Yes. That's only a matter of time before that, that starts happening. I wonder if this would be the type of guy you do that with. Well, I think the issue with that, which we also talked about this with Michael Swain, is can you do that if you're – like, what, what are the optics of that if you're Kansas by doing that in a year where you're supposed to be – having a self-imposed one less scholarship, right? So, like, what at you that point... You basically have to wait for point, the NCAA, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you might as well just say, actually, we lied about how we're going to... We're just going to use it anyways. Well, actually, come <laughs> to like, think of it, they said they were going to get rid of three scholarships over, over three two, years. Over, yeah, three years. What if they just had... They just do two next could, year? No, what if they did them all this year but had all those players be... No, I don't think that would paid? work. Why? No, because of, of the optics of it. You know what I'm saying? They I, could, I get what you're saying. They could yeah. say what they could do is they could say we're going to do it three over three years 
and then not do any this year, and then do them all in like two years after the IARP already makes yeah, the decision, yeah. and then you could probably do it. Yeah, maybe. that's that's the key. The the, the timeline because what you're saying with the optics, it's. Uh, I mean, it's just bad PR. Well, like, okay, but I, I don't really care about the bad PR there. I, like, I mean, who cares if Pat Forty writes a hit piece about oh Kansas is skirting around with the next scholarship? <laughs> I don't care. But what you do care about is if the NCAA, the IRP, views it and goes, wait, yeah, what are you, you doing? You self-imposed sanctions, and now you're basically doing something that makes it that those self-imposed sanctions See, and what are I'm no longer is, applying. If you are, if you're even considering doing that. Then just say we lied. We're not doing the self-imposed. We'll just t- do the thirteenth. Well, you can't like, do that. You understand? Like why? Like, right. But if you're if you're gonna go through all the effort to do some stupid workaround, then just say, "Nah, we changed our minds." <laughs> I don't know. That would be interesting how that would work. <laughs> um, I I do think though that maybe that would unwrap like a if the IRP comes out and is like, "Oh, well, you don't get any more punishments. You already self-imposed stuff." Then everything's like, fine. Would they open it back up if you did just renege it at that point? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, you would definitely have to but wait. The IRP is not going to exist. No, no. So you have to. You definitely have to. If you do that, if you do the buying the extra scholarship, it has to be after the decision comes in. But it would make sense at that point if you're basically like. Hey, you can come on for a year, sit out for a year. Worst case, if hypothetically we get you eligible, that's great. Otherwise, we're just going to have you as a walk-on for the first year, and we'll give you NIL money. They'll pay for your scholarship. Boom. Then that makes more sense. And again, he would be a bench upgrade. He would give you somebody who could you know, create his own scoring opportunity, which are both nice, but also he would be like your fourth guard on the team. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal if you do or don't get him. Um, he's grown on me the more I've kind of gone into him, but... Uh, I still am not like, oh, that's that's a must take. I'm yeah, looking- I, think, I think once you accept the fact that he's go that he would probably be in that Joe Yes food type role of your first guy off the bench. Uh, I think you once you accept that and you view him from that light, I think it I think it would help understand the reasons why KU is 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 interested in. Him. I think from an on-the-court perspective, Artario Morris would be ahead of Primo Spears, but with the off-the-court stuff, it becomes sticky. Yes, um, I agree with that. There's Evan Miyakawa, who we've had on the show before, uh, has these transfer portal rankings up. And, you know, with, with with some of the different sites, whether it's The Athletic or On3 or 24-7 Sports, they all do a great job, but they all do it differently. Like, some value more guys who have extra years of school. Some value what you were coming out of high school, where you're a four-star, where you're a five-star. Some value what you've done in college, right? And it, it's a different formula and mix for everyone. I, I think Evan Miyakawa's website does the best at capturing who will make the biggest impact for, like, next year, maybe. Um and this is kind of interesting because I'm looking at this. Primo Spears is not on this for what it's worth. And it has the highest ranked players in the transfer portal still remaining. And this is interesting. Let me list off these names and tell me if these all sound like a bunch of guys Kansas has reached out to. Okay. Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Jalen Tyson. Yeah. Arterio Morris. Yeah. Jaden Bradley. I think so. Yes. Uh, Musa Cisse. I don't know if there's been much contact there. Hunter Salas, let's see, Oliver and Com was here, who I don't I don't know how much contact there is, but you're talking about those top four guys are all guys that KU has had contact with. Yeah. That are available right now. And that shouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah. Based off of Bill Self's comments that he made, you know, at this point, I guess over a month ago, you know, where he was basically like, Hey, listen, we're gonna go out and we need to get impact guys. We need to go get out and get guys that are gonna start right away or have a big impact right away. And he's Kind of backed up that talk with based on who he's been going after. Even some guys that KU's missed on, they've been guys that were highly ranked. I mean, Harrison Ingram was a consensus top five portal guy, basically. Uh, you know, Hakeem Hart was high up on some people's lists. You know, so there were some other other guys. Uh, Edwards, the kid from Syracuse, pretty high up there. 
So it's it's not just the guys that are still uncommitted. Even some guys that KU's missed on, it's, at least it's been guys that have been uh, high-level guys. Uh, Kiss, Mary Kill, Artario Morris, Jaden Bradley, Primo Spears for Kansas ads. Yikes. That's tough. Again, uh, we've we've talked, we've highlighted it quite a bit. You know, the Arturo Morris stuff, it's like, on paper, it makes sense. He would be, I mean, you would probably instantly have one of the best defensive backcourts in the country if you rolled out DeWan Harris and, and Morris next to each other. So that sounds pretty good, obviously. <laughs> and he's a five-star talent. So, I, I mean, without the off-the-court stuff, it's definitely Morris that you would marry at that point. Yeah, but with the off the court stuff, it makes it a bit more difficult. I don't really know that much about Jaden Bradley, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't. Former top thirty recruit was a true freshman in Alabama. Started twenty two games for a team that was the number one overall seed. Stats don't jump off like six points, three assists per game. But he's really athletic, really fast. Uh, I saw a piece in the Athletic uh, their transfer rankings. It compared him to the situation with Davion Mitchell when he was coming in as a really good prospect, athletic, really good defender who then transferred to Baylor and developed into being a future lottery pick. That okay. interests you. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, and he has three years left to play. That sounds pretty good. I think I would marry Jaden Bradley at this point. I would potentially kiss Primo Spears, and I'm just, again, Yeah, like, I know the off-the-court stuff. I just don't you, love that. Yeah, yeah, the off-the-court stuff for you is is more negative. I mean, I'm I'm more open to it with Arterio Morris, uh, but again, it is, it's, it's, there's no question it's a risk because if if you get him and then more stuff comes out or if, you know, whatever happens with his upcoming trial and now all of a sudden it's like, well, I mean, you kind of have to suspend him or you kind of, or you have to do something. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, you've almost wasted a spot at that point. So it's, that's a tough one. I'm interested in Bradley. If KU's interested, I think, again, I, I still feel like the Primo, Primo Spears is, is the one that's like, you're not going to marry him unless you can't marry the other ones. That doesn't sound very good, does it? No, I, I get it, though. I get it. All right, he is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. And on that note, <laughs> Matt Tate's going to join us in less than 15 minutes. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We got four RCST trivia matchups starting at 4.05, taking you through the end of the show. We are out early for Lawrence High Softball here on KLWN. Matt Tate of Perpetual Sports Network, Mass Street NIL. How do I do with that? Joins us next on uh, <laughs> oh, right now. pretty good. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot you, you needed to practice. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that works. I'll take that. That's not bad. Well, Luckily, my name's short, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, we're not going by Matthew or anything there, and it's not like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Some yeah, longer name than you four letters. The, you, you, you have to switch up the title. Giannis the is name, last name. You know? if, I was, if, I was, if I was related to Giannis, yeah, exactly. that'd be a tough one. I just wouldn't have you on the show. I'm sorry, but that would just preclude you from it. Now we're joined by Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I would just call him G or something. I don't know. <laughs> Matt G. Uh, so right. Primo Spears uh, seems to be visiting KU today. And as the offseason goes on for KU here, he, I think, is somebody who, among KU fans, is very polarizing because you have a guy who the efficiency numbers weren't great, the totals were great, uh, might not be eligible right away, but also if he's uh, upgrade just as a bench guard for what Joe and Bobby did last year, that's a positive. So a lot of plus and minuses there. Um, when, when you see Kansas possibly having a visit with him right now, is that someone you think they'd prioritize? Do you view that as a backup option? How, how do you kind of view 
the offseason work for KU at these kind of combo guard spots where they seem to still be interested in bringing in another player? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the ways I've looked at it is uh, is kind of uh, analogous to the NBA. Like, it's that, that second guard or second point guard, if you will, that can truly go out and run that second unit at the NBA level is, is – a pretty darn important piece. Uh, you know, the Denver Nuggets for a bunch of years here recently had uh, the former Iowa State guard Monty Morris um, or Monte Morris, and uh, I mean he was he was amazing, man. Like, and that was his role. He was the 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 guy who ran the show for the second unit. So when Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter weren't out there, you know, and they're getting their rest or staggered rest or whatever it was. It was, it was, it was Morris's show, and not just to go get buckets, which he did do, but to run the offense and to get other guys going. And and so that doesn't happen a ton at the college level. You know, we heard Self talk about Bobby being that last year. You know, like if one's not in the game, Bobby better be out there, and it just never materialized. Um, they played it that way, but Bobby just Bobby just never really crossed that that threshold of of turning into you know the player everybody kind of thought he was. And injuries had a had a factor in that for sure. But I think that's kind of what I look at when I look at Primo. Um, I, I think that you, you know the rest of the roster, especially if you can add uh, a couple of these other guys that they're going after, right? Like the rest of the roster would be in really good shape. And so you you would just need a guy who. He doesn't have to play 25, 30, 35 minutes a game. He doesn't even have to play, you know, more than 10, 15 minutes a game. But those minutes could be very valuable. And someone who, um, you know, not only can run the offense and, and, and be that primary ball handler and all that, but someone who can score. I mean, if you take your frontline guys off the floor, it sometimes gets hard to score. And so if you've got a guy who can get buckets and play that role, I mean, I, I think he'd be a great pickup. And, you know, I don't know much about his defense. I know his three-point shooting's, you know, meh, nothing special, nothing terrible. Um, I don't know much about his defense, but but he does seem like a playmaker on offense. He seems like he can get buckets. Seems like he, you know, sets up other guys very well. So, I, I you know, they could do a heck of a lot worse than him. Let's let's put it that way. So, I you know, I don't know if that's how they're thinking, but that's that's kind of my thought is just comparing it to that NBA second unit and and needing a guy to be the captain of that, so to speak. Yeah, I think the biggest trip up for me is will he be eligible, transferred for a second time. We don't know how the NCAA is going to handle that. If you told me he'll be eligible right away, I think it's, oh, great. You, you do have exactly what you said there. I think that's the big kind of question there. Uh, one thing that we were talking about in the open, and, and I don't know, maybe this is a sticky situation for you to kind of talk about, but it's the idea that um, – at some point in time here, and I think there have already been a couple schools, uh, I think we had Michael Swain on last week and he talked about, I think, Memphis doing this uh, a season ago, where you're full up on scholarships or you've used all your scholarship allotment and basically you have a kid come on as a walk-on, but with the NIL earnings that they earn over the course of the year and doing these things like the barnstorming tour and stuff, that basically they're ending up with a surplus of money to pay for their school and some. Is that like an avenue that you think would not surprise you if that became more kind of rampant around college basketball for you know these big schools to do that type of stuff? Uh, yeah, I think it should happen everywhere, um, and I'm sure the 
you know, the Missouri Valley and Sunbelt and, and Northeastern conferences, I'm sure they don't like that idea, you know, because that's going to pull or potentially pull from their talent pool. But, um, uh, frankly, I think if you're not doing that, or at least considering doing that, you're, 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 you're lagging behind a little bit. I think it's absolutely something that you'll see a ton of schools do. And what, what you'll see is, you know, they're not going to announce it, right? Like, it's not going to be like, well, okay. We got Hunter Dickinson to come walk on, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's official. You know, no, it's, they're not going to say who is or isn't on scholarship. Um, and, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's their prerogative. And, and as long as the agreements in, in place with, with the players, those on scholarship and those maybe doing the, the walk on route that you're talking about, you know, then as long as they're all in agreement on the same page there, that's fine. I mean, it's uh, it definitely is is a, is an avenue that that NIL opens a lot of doors for I think and and you know you'll you'll still have to manage it and figure it out and and um, I think it would have to happen fairly organically I think it would have to happen within the the regular realm of NIL for instance I don't you know one of the things and and I, I go back to I don't know when it was December or January. Um, when I, when I was talking to self about Grady's opportunities and Grady Dick's opportunities and, and NIL stuff and all that. And, you know, the one thing that he really hammered home, it was a, some random press conference, but the one thing he really ran hammered home that I remember was like, yeah, Grady's making the most, no question, but like no one else is bothered by that. And that's the biggest key. You know, I think that that's the, the most important thing with maybe with NIL overall. Um, but, um, uh, it's it's really no different than than a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know, deciding to defer money or or turn something into a signing bonus or even taking a pay cut so that you can get you know better weapons or a better offensive line. I mean, there are things like that where hey, Patrick Mahomes could be easily you know the highest paid and then some. But if he wants to win, he's going to make smart business moves to help him win, knowing that there's money that comes from winning too. And I I think that. Some of that will come into play with with all of this, right? I think that um, a guy may say, "Yeah, you know, hey, I've got this scholarship offer to Xavier or whatever," but gosh, I could go to Kansas, and it's going to cost me a little bit of money, but I'm going to make some money too, and they could win a title. And what would that do for me in my career and all that? You know, that's not to say Xavier can't win a title, but you get the point. I mean, you're just you're just weighing your your options and you're weighing sort of calculating what's the best business decision for you and i think that's really the 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 biggest point here it's like they're all entering this realm where they they are they are businessmen now you know they're no longer just student athletes they're no longer just um basketball players and and you know i'm not even trying to get into the amateur argument or anything like that but just this is a factor in their worlds and and they have to think with some business sense to do it so um that's a really long-winded way to answer that but i i think you'll see a lot of it um i think it'll probably happen at ku eventually if it doesn't happen this year so be it but i think it'll happen almost everywhere especially at the power five type level um you know over the five years i just think it's too much sense 
I something I hadn't even thought about in regards to that that's going to make it crazy is because uh, in the offseason, normally when it's like, oh, well, KU added this player, they're full on scholarships now. We know, like, the offseason is done. We know who's on the roster. Is that now all of a sudden, because of that, we're going to have one time where it's like, well, we, we think the offseason's done, and then they're just going to add some random player, and we're going to be like, wait, what? What, what happened there? So that'll actually kind of make the offseason even more interesting and, and entertaining here. Um, so obviously, if, if Kansas is able to land Hunter Dickinson at this point, it doesn't really matter what happened around that. Like, the offseason is a success. Uh, what do you think the avenue would look like for this team to be top tier for them to have that successful offseason that we grade an A if they don't land Hunter Dickinson, though? Oh, that's a great question. Um yeah, that's a really good question. I, you know, I think I think at that point it would be it would be probably a full court press of let's go get these wings, right? And, and a lot of them. And if that's Artario Morris, if that's Jalen Fisher, um, sorry Tyson, um, if that's if that's obviously Primos in that mix too, um, you know, and, and there may be others, right? Um, you you may see a little bit of a a little bit of a plan B come into effect there. And, and then, and then what you do is you say, okay, we, we load it up there. We load it up on the wing. We've got shooters. We've got length. We've got defense. We've got guys that can run. We've got all those things and we've still got Dewan and KJ. And now we're just counting on, on either or, or maybe both, but Ernest or, or Zuby to make that jump. And look, they could, you know, like they absolutely could. These are, these are, Big time talents, highly recruited dudes. Um, at least one was a McDonald's All American. I can't remember. Ernest was right, and Zuby wasn't. Is that it? Mm, yeah, I think Zuby was just outside. Ernest, I believe he was. Yeah. So yeah, so so right. I mean, the the potential is clearly there, and so at that point, I think whether you whether you want to call it spin or the narrative or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. I think at that point, that becomes your reality, and the reality is. It's a heck of a conversation between self and Zuby and Ernest, probably one on one, and just like, hey, it's your time, you know, we you're you're who we've got, and you didn't do enough last year, but you got a taste of it, and now we expect a heck of a lot more from you. So put put in the work, get after it, and and let's see what you got. And um, you know, are there other big men they could go after in the portal? Um, probably, but are there big men in the portal that are that are Definitely better than Zuby and, and Ernest. You know, I haven't studied it that closely, but but I would I would think that. Oh, it's obviously dynamic dude who changes every roster he would he would go to. So um, that would make sense. But if if you don't get him, I, I absolutely think you 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 know you just load up where you can, and and it sort of becomes the the philosophy of you know, best player available, like in a draft sense, right? Like you just go get the best players you can. And we've seen over time, plenty of times, how you give self-talent, he'll put it together, he'll figure out a system, he'll figure out a way. He may even change his system and change his ways to fit the talent, but he'll do it because, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach and he knows what he's doing. So I think that's what probably would be. I don't think they would automatically start going, oh, okay, there's this other big man. I mean, would they take a look at that? Probably, you know, but I, I think they would more likely just, you know, start start thinking, let's load up, let's get all the wings, let's get all these players and put the best group of talent together that we can, and then we'll figure out how to play. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to think they wouldn't they wouldn't be fine from there. It may take some time, but it takes some time every year. 
Yeah, and I think something you brought up there is really interesting to me. The idea that you know over these past couple of seasons, Bill Self has really liked playing with these three big wings next to each other. Uh, Harrison Ingram picks North Carolina over the weekend. Obviously, there are still other you know wing recruits over there. You talked about Jalen Tyson and stuff, um, but but that list is depleting a little bit more than maybe some of those other positions like the combo guards and and whatnot. And who knows, maybe there are guys who are in the NBA draft process that are going to come back and enter the portal, and that right. changes things. But I mean, as of now. Would it shock you if KU went back to, like, let's just say they did add an Arterio Morris and or a, a Primo Spears or something, and they went back to playing, like, a two- or three-guard lineup where it it makes it a little easier to play, like, KJ at the four because you have more of that those guards kind of one through three? Yeah, no, I, that wouldn't shock me at all, and I don't think it should shock anybody. I mean, it's going to be, you know he's going to put his best talent out there, and I've seen message boards and tweets and things where people are wondering if KJ's going to start still, and I mean, uh, my my opinion is absolutely. I think I think the, the, the guy is, is a Bill Self player through and through, and you know what you're going to get with him, and you also know that he's going to be a better player you know, in six months than he is right now. And he was, he's a better player today than he was six months ago and, you know, so on. So I think that you could definitely figure that out. And, and what KJ gives you too is, you know, you, you go back and you think about the big year, which would have been, oh, what would, what year would that have been? 2021 was that, was that the Diedrich and Doak year? I think that was 2019, 2018, 19, right? Oh, there you go. Right, 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 right. There you go. Yeah. So, so right. I mean, so that was the big thing then, right? It was like, oh, Diedrich and Yudoka are going to play next to each other, and Diedrich's a good passer. And well, they they tried, and obviously Doke got hurt, but they tried that for a little while, and it just didn't look good. It was clogged. It was they they couldn't play together. It it wasn't it wasn't it, and it wouldn't be it today either because of the way the games changed the perimeter. Those guys. Um, you know, they weren't perimeter defenders. Doak became better and, and pretty darn good by his senior year. But, um, you know, when they were trying that experiment, it wasn't there. With KJ, you know, defensively, you'd be fine if you have KJ and Ernest out there together, right? And, heck, I mean, even if they get they could get Hunter Dickinson and you could have KJ and Hunter out there together. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But, but defensively, they'd be fine because we know KJ can guard all over the floor. Um, and then offensively, KJ's, I think he has more in, in his arsenal than, than we know. I think, you know, talking to him after the season ended this year, I know he was going to, going to put a real emphasis on jumpers and just become a better shooter. And he has that in him. I know he does. And I, and I know that he can, he can get to a point where he may not be a first option jump shooter type of guy, but, but he's a reliable jump shooter, you know, and, and one of those guys. And, and so that would make that playable and, and make that philosophy okay, too. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, um, yeah, not only how it all shakes out and who they get and all that, but what that then means for the way they're, the they're going to play and, and the way they're going to kind of put their personnel together. And, and I think it'd probably be very obvious once they get it. But, but to your point, like the idea of, hey, the offseason's over because their scholarships are full, I mean – no, you know, we, 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 we may never know that. We may not know that until, um, you know, October, whatever, 31st or something, you know, um, that, at that point, it probably is pretty set, but anything before that, maybe not the case. And, 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 you know, you could do the math on that too, right? You could say, okay, well, they got to 12, let you know, whatever, if they get two guys or, or three guys, they, okay, they're at 12. Well, just because they 
get to 12 with those guys doesn't mean that those one of those guys might not go that scholarship route or that that walk on route through NIL like you were talking about. So mm-hmm. that will even make it harder to to decipher <laughs> who's on scholarship, who's who's a potential NIL walk on kind of guy, who's not. The order I think is irrelevant. The order I don't think would matter at that point because you know, again, a guy could enter the portal tomorrow who no one saw coming, and if KU were full, they'd still go, okay, well, boy, yeah, we take him. Let's go get him. Mm-hmm. And then and then you go backtrack a little bit, and you say, hey, so anyway, do you think you might be interested in Primo Spears? Do you think you might be interested in making a little money through NIL and paying your way so we can get this guy? And, you know, what's he going to say? No, maybe. I don't know. But it's, it's not your problem, Derek. It's not my problem. It's, it's, uh, it's the GM's problem. And that's, that's why these days these coaches more than ever are, are truly general managers and, and, you know, CEOs as much as they are X's and O's coaches. Well, here's Matt Tate. And uh, he's he's on a little bit of a sabbatical here. I think he's going to enjoy some time off. But pretty soon you'll be able to catch his work. Perpetual Sports Network, Mass Street NIL. Matt, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Yeah, we, we made it through a week. It seemed like it was pretty flawless. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad we had a, a, a successful Tuesday to put under our belts now. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right. That's Matt Tate joining us here on Rock Truck Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. We got RCST Trivia Coming up next, we'll have to talk to him next week about uh, Ryan Goodwin. But uh, four matchups coming at you. Let's start on the other side. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Four o'clock hour. Welcome back in to more RCST trivia here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Once again, RCST trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River Rap Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th anniversary celebration at the original location in North Lawrence where you can be a part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. And now with the weather heating up, you can try a nice cold beer. How about the Blue Collar Lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. So we got four matchups on today's edition of RCST Trivia, the first of which is between our eight seed, Michael Plank, and our nine seed, Jonathan Lopp. You know the eight-nine matchups are always supposed to be good. This is in our Pella Windows and Doors region. So with that being said, let's get into the matchup. So we've got the 8-9 matchup. Michael Plank, our 8 seed. Our 9 seed is John Lopp. And uh, for Michael, you have not appeared in the basketball trivia before, but uh, you were in the initial KU football RCST trivia last year, and you won the event. So you end up with an 8 seed here. Um, take me through it. I mean, what's how would you compare your basketball knowledge to your football knowledge? Uh, minuscule. But uh, hold, get, hold, hold on a sec. Hold, hold, on, hold on a sec. I, I forgot something. We'll put that up there. Love it. He's got the big trophy. The big trophy for football. That's what you're saying. We're official. We're ready to roll. Uh, No, I mean, obviously, you know, I enjoy Kansas basketball, but uh, I was kind of hoping for, you know, an 11, 12, 13 seed, something around in there. So probably a little, you know, overseeded, but uh, we'll give it a shot. Okay, so so I, I know you were unhappy with getting an eight seed, 
So you actually think you're overseeded, though? Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to avoid a one or a two, but you know, that's just me being selfish. Okay, well, that's fair. I will say this, you actually have the highest, of all the newcomers, you are the best seeded of the newcomers Oof. because of, of your uh, your football. So as far as what goes into the seeding, it's when you join, it's past performances, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. uh, you are the eight seed there. Well, John, you are a nine seed. This is your trivia debut. How yep. would you classify your KU basketball trivia knowledge? Uh, post-2010, decent. Everything before that, not much. That's when became a KU fan about 2010s when I started playing basketball. So that's all right. Well, we'll see how you do. We'll see how the questions lie. It's always interesting to see how uh, everybody does. And um, obviously the questions, you never know what you're going to get. You could get something from the 70s. You could get something from the early 2000s. You could get something from last year. Just uh, the, the the nature of the draw. So, um, Jonathan, you are the lower seed. You're the nine seed. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the option. Would you rather go first or go second? Let's just get it out of the way. Let's go first. <laughs> All right. Rip the Band-Aid off. So John's going to go first. That means, Michael, you're up second. And we'll start in the really easy round. Uh, once again, a reminder on our rules. We're going to go back and forth between the two of you. You'll have 30 seconds to answer the question. If both of you get it right, we move up around. We have really easy, easy, medium, hard, really hard questions. Um, and if you ask a question or you want me to repeat a question, then yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's get into it. First of all, this is uh, to you, John, in the really easy category. I need you to name me a KU player who made a three this past season. Grady Dick. That is correct. Grady Dick is a correct answer there. You had a lot of guys to go with, but that uh, certainly the most notable for KU. All right, this one for you, Michael, and the really easy to move us up to the easy round. Outside of Grady Dick, can you name a KU player who started a game this past season? Oh, let's just go with Jalen Wilson. Yep, Jalen Wilson. A lot of answers you could have gone with there as well. Jalen certainly works. Started all the games for KU. All right, those are the really easy for a reason. You guys knocked him out of the park. <laughs> let's move on to our easy round. First up to you, John. Okay. In 2015, Kansas lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to what seven seed out of the then Missouri Valley Conference? 10 seconds. Would that have been Northern Iowa? That would not have been Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa was 2010, and uh, that would have been, I believe they were an eight or nine seed. I think they were nine seed that year. But you had the right conference. The correct answer is Wichita State. Wichita State was KU's seven seed that year that beat them out of the then Missouri Valley Conference. Okay, Michael, chance for you to wrap up a uh, victory here in basketball and move on to that potential one seed matchup. Michael, in 2014, Kansas lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to what 10 seed out of the Pac-12? That was a very frustrating game against Stanford, I believe. Yep. Stanford yeah. is the correct answer. And just Should like that, Michael, you are moving on. Should have gone second. So, I know. <laughs> Uh, Michael, let me ask you, if you would have got the questions flipped, if you would have got the, the one that John had, would you have got that one right? Yeah, I would have got Wichita State. I'm down here in the Wichita area, and 
They, people, folks still talk about that. So, yeah. <laughs> you got to hold it over KU. That's for yeah. sure. So, John, you said you knew the uh, other one there. Uh, after hearing the answer, after hearing that it was Wichita State, is that one where you're like, man, I should have known that? Or, or would oh, you just not? First, that was the first team that came to my head. And I was like, no, I don't. I thought we beat them that year. Or eight, we beat them the one time we played them in the tournament. I should have just, first, in, first thing about my head was Wichita State. And I just overthought it. Yeah, well, I'll say this. We, we said this yesterday with one of our contestants who was a newcomer. You know, it, that could be a question that if I would have walked up to you just on the street or, or something like that and, and asked you, you probably would have got it. But it's, it's once you're in the competition, you feel that pressure, you feel the timer on you and stuff. It starts messing with your head a little bit. You start second guessing some of your answers. So, John, we hope you get, we get you back in uh, trivia for years to come. Uh, Michael, uh, do you have any words that you want to give to the uh, possible one seed, Eric Hansey, if he can get through his matchup tomorrow to face on with you? No, I mean, no offense to Eric. You know, I, I hope he calls in sick or something because uh, that, that's a daunting task. It's, uh, it's not going to be pretty, I don't think. All right. Well, John, Michael, appreciate the time. And uh, Michael, see you in a few weeks. Got it. Thank you. So another uh, matchup ends in the easy or medium round. We've yet to get to the hard round yet. Yeah, this is tough because there's some fun, hard questions that I would like to get used. <laughs> but yeah. We haven't gotten to them yet because uh, we've had some some early exits. You know, I, I think it's still we're still in the first part of the tournament where I think there's still some jitters. You know, I think some guys are still a little nervous. I think we saw that in this first in this first matchup with John, maybe a little nervous. Uh, but you know, that happens, right? Sometimes the pressure of the tournament either either you collapse under it or you become diamonds. And so we've seen some guys collapse already. Yeah, um, I I think that Michael. Uh, Plank is is somebody who's going to give if if Eric I mean Eric still has to get through a sixteen like there, there's no guarantees in trivia but if we do get the matchup of Eric versus Michael I think that could be a really really fun yeah. second round matchup Michael is definitely underselling himself he's trying yes. to play the the underdog the oh I'm not very good card right. but he definitely would put up a strong fight I well think. it's funny because he said he wanted a twelve or a thirteen seed just because I think in theory you get he wanted an a, easier he wanted path a four, to sizzling sixteen yeah, right you get four, the four or five, five as opposed to the one. Um, but I guess no matter what, either way, you have the one seed. It, it, like at some point, you're going to have to be the one seed if you want to make a phenomenal four. Now I Probably. get it. There are prizes involved if you make the sizzling 16. So I, I do understand that uh, a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we. But I think he's underselling himself. He has a good chance. I think he, 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 has has I mean, he won the football. He, yeah. I, like I said, he was the he was the best seed among the newcomers this year. So I know he's not happy about that <laughs> and that it ended up getting him against the one seed. But like. Uh, that's respect. That's respect. Yes. And I think yes. it'll help because now he has a, a matchup. So if he comes back next year, maybe he gets a five or six seed. So he basically is in that 12, you know, type of matchup where he gets through. So uh, as much as trivia is about the one given year, it really is a multi-year process. Could be. Yeah. Sometimes you have to join in. Sometimes you're a newcomer and you get like a 14 seed because you joined at the very last minute and we have no data on you. And you get underseated, but then you show up and, you know, you answer four questions right, and then you join back the next year. And because of that, you get a six seed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, and we talked about it yesterday. The guys that make the the Phenomenal Four, the the Grade Eight, they're usually guys that this is their second or third time in the tournament, right? Yep. Uh, and that's because experience matters at this level, right? It's it's There's pressure involved in having that experience of past tournaments. And, you know, sometimes you have to lose a little bit, you know, to take a page out of the Houston Texans book. Sometimes you have to lose to uh, to try to win. Well, our next matchup is one that, I'll be honest, I have this circled as one of my top five first-round matchups 
Kyle Coffey is the 12 or the 5 seed. The 12 seed is Mike Makey. We always talk about 12 over 5 upsets. Yep. This is going to be in the 23rd Street Brewery region. I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, once again, Michael Plank, our 8 seed, beating our 9 seed, Jonathan Lopp, in the second round of questions in the Pella Windows and Doors region. So he moves on to the second round to take on the winner of Eric and Chad in the 116 matchup in the Pella region. Once again, our title sponsors for RCST Trivia are Pella Windows and Doors, Johnny's Tavern, River Rat Print and Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. We'll be back for that 5-12 matchup between Kyle and Mike. Coming up next with Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST Trivia on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Second matchup of the day for RCST Trivia coming at you here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. We have four matchups in total today. The other two matchups after this one will be a 4-13 between Brian and Garrett and then a 2-15 matchup between Doug and Brett. We'll have our 5-12 matchup coming up here between Kyle and Mike. Uh, First, though, RCST Trivia brought to you our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print Skate. Our other sponsors, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. You got a Windows and Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned, and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation. That's right, free at PellaKS, PellaKansas.com. So we have our uh, matchup here, our five seed, which is Kyle Coffey, our 12 seed, Mike Makey. Uh, before we get into it, uh, do you remember who did you pick in this matchup, Nick? Do you do you remember? I, I think you might have picked the 12 I upset. I think I picked Mike. Okay. I think I picked Mike. All right. Well, we will not be giving soft, flowery questions for that reason alone, but uh, let's just get into the matchup. So the 5 12 matchup is always a dangerous upset pick. And our five seed, Kyle Coffey, has been around a time or two in RCST trivia before. Uh, three trivia wins all time, a 15 and 10 record in trivia questions. I think you've been to the second round in every edition of this event, but I, I believe you, you've yet to get over that hump of the sizzling 16. What's the motivation? What's the study path? What, what have you kind of done to get ready for this year's edition, Kyle? You know, as you can tell with my 15 and 10 record, I really believe in defense. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to try to flip that philosophy and go more of an offensive based uh, focus. We're not going to be Tony Bennett anymore. We're going to be the running gun and and see what we can do and uh, take it from there. But, um, you know, I've always just believed in going first gut and see what you can come up with from there. And uh, we'll see if that plays out again. Well, we appreciate having guys like you who have been in this every year because that tells us that we're doing something right, that you're having fun with it at the very least. I, at least I hope <laughs> that's the case. Uh, Mike, meanwhile, this is your first entry into this, but um, you have uh, you know heard a lot from Evan Riggs, who we had in this competition. I think Evan was one of our initial one seeds in the event. He ran into Isaac, who at the point Way was... Way too high. Yeah. Well, Way uh, too high. I mean, he ran into Isaac. He was a nine seed, ended up winning the whole thing. And then uh, Evan came back, I, I think, last year, um, and it didn't go well for him either. So... Do you feel like, like, what is, I guess, the emotion here? Do you feel like you're trying to get justice for a friend here? See, yes. I, for one, I just, I would like to get just one question, right? I believe in setting the bar extremely low to surpass my expectations. Uh, I can't tell if I want to like go like really far to like honor Riggs legacy or to just really like, you know, I'll be in a group chat right after this and be like, ah, I'm, I'm smarter than you, which I've been trying to prove to him for years. So uh, this will be, this will be a good one here. 
Well, I, I was trying to get Evan to join. I, I actually wanted Storyline to set up a matchup. We would two. never recover. Our friendship would, would be in jeopardy <laughs> forever. So. All right. Well, uh, Kyle, Mike, uh, before we get going here, um, uh, I guess I'll give it to Mike. He's the lower seed. You have the option. Do you want to go first or second? Oh, geez. Uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. So, Kyle, you're up second. This is the 5-12 matchup in the 23rd Street Brewery region. Between Kyle and Mike. And Mike, you're up first. We start in the really easy round of questions. Mike, name a KU player who recorded at least one block this season. At least one block this yes. season? Uh, I will take Ernest Uday Jr. That is right. Ernest recorded several of them. What had uh, the answer there? I won't say their names because I don't want to make anything even easier on the really easy for this next question to Kyle. Kyle, outside of Ernest Uday... Name a KU player who recorded at least one steal this season. Dewan Harris Jr. He had a lot of steals. A lot of steals and probably a lot more to come over the next couple of seasons for KU. All right, Mike, you did it. You, you cleared your bar. Kyle, I we're moving big on. Exhale. Big <laughs> exhale. All right, let's get to the easy round. We've, uh, we've had some struggle getting out of the easy round through the first couple of days of uh, trivia. So this one to you, Mike. What is the furthest that Thomas Robinson ever made it in the NCAA tournament in his time at KU? T-Rob made it to the national title game uh, where he fell to uh, yeah, he just the national title game. Yep. National title game. That's correct. National title game, runner-up. Either one would have worked for us. So that is correct. All right, Kyle, a little bit of pressure on you. Still in the easy round, but you got to get this right to move on to the medium round. Kyle, what is the furthest that Brandon Rush ever made it in the NCAA tournament in his time at KU? Also to the title game when he won it. That is correct. Won the national title game. Took down Memphis. Who could forget? All right. You guys did it. We got through the easy round. This is our second matchup going to the medium round. And Mike, back to you. There are four one seeds every year in the NCAA tournament. And they obviously, you know, ever since, I don't know, like mid-2000s, they get ranked one through four among the one seeds. So you get put them on the, the S curve or whatever. What overall one seed was Kansas in the 2016 NCAA tournament? Overall one seed. I am going to say... I'm going to say that they were the number two overall one seed. That is incorrect. You know, I, I I did not plan for this question to come up for you. I just have the questions and they come up whenever they come up. I know you are a gigantic Landon Lucas guy. This was the Landon yes, Lucas come out party year. The biggest one in the country. They were the number one overall seed that year. Ugh, devastating blow. All right, Kyle, you got a chance to win it right here in the medium round. Kyle, same type of question. There are four number one overall seeds. What overall one seed was Kansas in the 2018 NCAA tournament? I'm going to go with what my guess was on the last answer there for Mike. I'm going to say three. That is correct. <laughs> 
They were the third overall one seed in the 2018 NCAA tournament. And just like that, Kyle, you're moving on to the second round for the fourth straight year. You did it with offense, 3-0. and You didn't have any misses. Thoughts on your performance today? Putting the fours up for four years in a row. No, it's uh, this is this is a blast to do. And and I'll be honest, I didn't really study probably like I should have coming into this thing. And so it's going to be a little it's going to be a little interesting here over the next couple of weeks as we uh, proceed. But uh, Mike had a great performance in the first one. Two and one is is a good is a good start. And thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I always root for the person who beats me to win it all. So. <laughs> That's that's the goal, and and so we'll see we'll see what happens with. And I know there's a lot of guys smarter out there, but with my new philosophy of being an offensive <laughs> and aggressive, uh, guessing here, let's see what we can come up with. So I appreciate it as always. Well, Mike, uh, I guess where where do you look at this? Because you did clear the bar. You answered your first two questions right, so that's a positive. But also, you couldn't do what what Evan couldn't do either in in terms of making that second weekend. We've always been so similar. Now I'm I'm happy with my with my performance in this one. You know, it's winning progressions. You don't just start from never doing RCST trivia to winning the whole thing. So I mean, maybe next year I'll do uh, I'll get the medium one right, and then by the time I'm like 65 or so, I'll be ready to take this whole thing home. <laughs> there we go. Um, as far as the uh, uh, the second round for you, Kyle, uh, do you have any words for for your possible opponent? You're going to be uh, in that winner of the 413 matchup who we're going to have go later today with Brian against Garrett. Do you, do you have any words of, of, I don't know, trash talk or, or are you just going to play it coy? You know, once the five gets past that five twelve upset uh, prediction there and uh, it's, it's an open game. And so not uh, fun that the winner of us will have to play a one seed, but uh, if we can do it, we can do it. And that's all we can, it's all we can ask for. So, uh, may the best man win in that four or the best person, I should say, uh, in the four and 13 matchup. And uh, I'll be waiting. All right. Well, Kyle, Mike, we appreciate you joining. Kyle, we'll see you in a few weeks. Good work, guys. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks. Later on. So we did it. We got to the medium round, Nick. I'm happy about that. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, happy. I'm glad we got to get to, to get to the medium round as well. I mean, we, we still need to get to the hard round. I'm still waiting on that. But. At this point, yeah, we just we just listen. We just got some low scoring programs to start off, start things off. You know, we don't want to just we don't want to just go whole hog right off the rip. You know, you gotta get <laughs> right. in, you gotta get in nice and easy and kind of ease your way in, right? Well, I think what ruined it for me. So last year we had the uh, eight nine matchup between Doug and Lane, and it went seven <laughs> rounds. It went seven <laughs> rounds. Doug answered three really hard questions correct. Lane answered two, and then just barely missed the last one. I think that has almost ruined other first round matchups for me. <laughs> it's just like, ah, why isn't every game going to the really hard round? You know, it's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to get there. No, yeah. it, it is hard. And, and we, we've talked about it. You know, for we've had a lot of matchups with guys that are in their first year in the tournament, and there can definitely be some nervousness, some some jitters involved with that. And so, you know, we've had some guys get by, and we've also had. Uh, I think Lane was the first time contestant. He he advanced, so mm -hmm. it's kind of been a little bit of both so far. So if you are a first time contestant and your matchup is coming up. Don't be discouraged. You can't. You can advance uh, against some of the more experienced players. But yeah, I think it's been. Uh, it's been. We've had some good performances so far. I do hope to. I do hope that we can get a little deeper and see some more high-scoring matchups where we do get into the hard and really hard questions. Though. Yeah, a hundred percent. I one of my things that that I love every year with trivia is that you know I I have stacked so many questions at this point. I have so many questions banked to last probably two or three years of the tournament on its own, but. Um, so, so I don't really know, like I, I could have written some of these questions a year ago or two years ago. And, and because of that, um, 
you know, you end up with different trends of what comes up each tournament every year. And like some years, uh, it's more about these questions. Some years, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a lot of jersey number questions, you know, uh, and so forth. It, it's different. Well, and we got you got to keep the contestants on their toes. Right. You don't want to have just the same type of. Well, and I think I think that's what's fun is that every year it seems like there's not a theme. Like there's there's never like one question that gets asked above the rest. But usually every year there's one new like flavor, like one new spritz into it. Where it was like a couple of years ago, it was jersey numbers. Um, maybe last year it was I, I don't know what it would have been last year. Uh, maybe like NCAA turn or, or I think last year's probably like uh, box scores, like game logs, like who led the team in, in this. This year, you heard those questions there about the what overall one seed was Kansas. I think there might be more seeding questions this or, year. That might be a little theme. tournament questions, sure. shall we say. Yes. So that, that'll be something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, it's always fun because I'm sure some of the contestants who do listen to these to get an idea what the questions could be. Like in years past, we haven't had a question like that where it's like, what overall one seed was Kansas this year? And now they're like, oh, crap, maybe I should go back and study that now, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it gets, it gets pretty fun. Um, I do wonder, I, I should have asked this to Kyle and Mike if they would have got each other's right or wrong. I think Kyle said he would have guessed three on the 2016 one. So that yeah. would have been wrong. I don't know if Mike yeah. would have got the 2018 one right um, and if the order of questions ended up doing him in at all. But, yeah, we, we got to the medium round. So uh, we'll try to get to the hard round coming up next. we still got two more matchups coming up. We have the four seed, Brian Rainey, against the 13 seed, Garrett Hart. And the winner of this is going to play Kyle. Correct. The, same, the winner the of that one. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Doug Crumpton-Murray, the wonderkind, the darling child from last year's tournament. You know, I just realized that Doug Crumpton-Murray, I, I know, I, I hope Doug isn't mad about this comparison because it is a Kansas State person. But Doug Crumpton-Murray was Marquise Noel. Of last year's tournament, mm. he made the grade eight. He made the elite eight. He he didn't end up making the the phenomenal yep. four. Everyone loved him, but everyone loved him. He was the story of the tournament, right? Yep. Yep. That was Doug last year. Um, so we'll we'll see if his run can start up against a newcomer, Brett Dose. You never know with the newcomers, right? Yep. It, it should be a fun. Oh, it's definitely uh when you have a newcomer like that, you you don't know what to expect. So no. that can be a challenge. So uh, a couple more matchups to go. You're listening to RCST Trivia, brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk and FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. You can also listen to us on the Best of RCST podcast, wherever you find any of your podcasts. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. RCST trivia continues on two more matchups today. We've got the 413 between Brian and Garrett. Then we'll have the two-seed Doug Crumpton-Murray going up against the 15-seed Brett Doze. RCST Trivia, one of our title sponsors, River Rat Print and Skate. River Rat has screen printing and a skate shop. They have embroidery and promotional products also available with art and logo creation, and they're KU licensed. They're where we get a bunch of our stuff here at the station, including our RCST Trivia t-shirts and hats that we're going to be giving away to, to people who uh, advance throughout the rounds. They have skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, and safety gear, a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. You can follow them on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at river rat skate shop all one word for the skate side or call them at 785-371-1660 with river rat print and skate uh one more reminder on our prizes upcoming um so if you make the sizzling 16 you're getting a gift card 23rd street brewery rcst trivia t-shirt from river rat print and skate and tickets to a sporting kc2 game if you make it to the grade eight you're getting a blue or white number one kansas basketball mini jersey 
from mini jerseys, a t-shirt from Home Field Apparel, and a voucher for a free sandwich and a free breakfast sandwich at McDonald's, $14 car wash pass at Mr. D's Auto Wash, and auto entry into the 2024 edition of RCSD Trivia. You make the Phenomenal Four, you're getting a $50 gift card to Johnny's Tavern, a Johnny's Tavern hat, a RCST Trivia Phenomenal Four t-shirt, and RCST Phenomenal Four hat. River at Prince Skate from River at Prince Skate, a phenomenal four trophy and a one seed in 2024's RCST trivia. You make it to the title game or you win the third place game. You're getting another gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, an engraved water bottle or tumbler from uh, Jayhawk Trophy, and a $25 gift card to McDonald's. And if you win the championship, you get a big screen TV from 23rd Street Brewery. You get an overnight stay with a gift card for food and drink at the Oread, thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. You get an RCST trivia championship trophy and you get lifetime entrance into rcst trivia so a lot at stake but uh always a fun time free to enter and everything like that so uh with that being said let's get into our next matchup this is our 413 matchup brian rainey taking on garrett hart and the winner of this will take on our five seed kyle coffee who just won our last matchup here uh brian we'll start with you this is in the 23rd street brewery region by the way uh brian you have four trivia advancements all time you've gone 16 and four on questions you've had a lot of success at this event you've made a sizzling 16 before in your past uh what do you what do you kind of view this tournament as? Do you feel better about yourself than the past tournaments? Do you feel worse? Uh, what are kind of your emotions heading in? I don't know. I feel about the same. Sometimes it's like if you if I miss a question and I know it or should have known it, I'm more mad. But like last year, I lost a question, missed out on a question that I just didn't know, so I didn't feel that bad. But it's it's worse when you should know something. But it just kind of slips your mind. Yeah, you is have it, to think about that all year. Is there a question that you, that you remember from any of your losses that like sticks out in your mind of like I, I will always remember that question now? Yeah, I mean the first time I lost, the question was how many? What's the most losses Bill Self has had in one season at Kansas? And I think it's ten. I'm pretty sure it's ten. Yeah, I think the Wiggins. But here. I think I think I said seven. Though. Mm. Well, Garrett, you're a newcomer in this event, and uh, you're a local Lorencian, um, so you, you, you've grown up. You, you've grown up around the program. Uh, what made you want to join Trivia this year, and, and how would you register your KU fandom? Um, I mean, I had heard you guys do it the last couple of years, just kind of off on like the podcast side when I get bored, just turn it on. But um, no, I mean, I feel like I have a good understanding of KU as a whole. Um, my fandom's pretty high, both on the basketball and football side. I, the only thing that might hurt me is my age. Um, I mean, I've only been watching KU basketball for remembering it for 15 years, essentially, since I'm you know, in my 20s right now. So uh, that might hurt me, but I'm just ready for it. So I'm excited for it. Well, it makes you feel better. For all the young guys out there, our first ever winner of this event back in 2020 was Isaac, who at the time was 19 years old. So you can achieve it. You can do it. Uh, now, we're going to have the, the 413, and, and Garrett, you are the lower seed here. Um, I guess, first of all, what do you think of your seed? Do you feel like you're underseeded at all? Do you think this is right? I was just glad I wasn't like a 16. I'll take the 13. <laughs> I'll try to be this year's permanent at least one game. So. There we go. There we go. Uh, so you are the lower seed. You have the option, Garrett. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Okay. That means, Brian, you are up first. And uh, we'll start in the really easy round, move our way up from there. We haven't been to the hard round yet in any of our matchups. Maybe this will be the one that gets us there. All right, Brian, first up for you in the really easy round. Name a Kansas player. 
who has won a national championship at any time? Danny Manning. That is correct. Danny Manning did win a national championship back in 1988. Who could forget? All right, really easy one for you, Garrett. Name a Kansas player outside of Danny Manning who has made a Final Four all-time. I'll go Sasha Khan. I like that. That's a fun one. Sasha Khan went a little off the beaten path. That was a fun one. Bonus points for that. All right. Not really, though. You get nothing extra for it. All right. We are uh, tied up, headed into the easy round. Back to you, Brian. On January 4th of 2016... Kansas won 109 to 106 in triple overtime against who? Oklahoma. You started mouthing the words Oklahoma as soon as I said January 4th, 2016. Do you remember that date? I was I was at that game, yes. All right, that's a good one. Well, that for me, that was the uh, night before my 21st birthday. So I certainly remember that oh, one well. Wow. All right, um, this one for you, Garrett. On November 15th, of 2016, Kansas won 77 to 75 in the Champions Classic against what then number one team on a game winner by Frank Mason? Uh, Duke. <laughs> I don't know Hit what that button. sound was from Nick, but yes, Duke <laughs> is the correct answer. A little banjo going there. All right, there we go. 2 and 0 for both of you. We head to the medium round. There's that ding we were looking for. All right, on to the medium round. Back to you, Brian. This Jayhawk transferred in from Iowa and wore the number four jersey for the 2019 to 2020 team. Iowa? Yep. Isaiah Moss? Isaiah Moss is the correct answer. Was a nice uh, floor spacer shooter for the team with Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azabuki. All right, 3 0 start for you, Brian. Garrett, this to stay alive and to move us into the hard round for the first time during the 2023 edition of RCST Trivia. Garrett, this Jayhawk transferred out of the program to Houston and wore number five for the 2018 to 2019 Kansas team before transferring out. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes is the correct answer. Ah, we got a good one here. This is a good 413 matchup. I think Garrett might have been a little bit underseated. All right, so we're heading to the hard rounds. Music's going to kick up a little bit here. Going to get to our intense stuff. Into the hard round for the first time of this edition of RCST Trivia. I'm excited for it. And first we go to Brian. Brian, in Kansas's 2014 Champions Classic blowout loss to Kentucky, what Jayhawk led the team with nine points? See, that was 2014? Yep. 2014. Ooh. It's a tough one. 10 seconds. I'll say Wayne Seldon. That is the correct answer. I get, oh, my goodness. That is incredible. And and also it's incredible that that just shows how much they got blown out. That nine points led the way for Kansas in a Champions Classic. Wayne Selden, the correct answer. All right, Garrett. Pressure's on now. That was a nice hit. Garrett, this one for you. In KU's 2014 Champions Classic blowout loss to Kentucky, what Jayhawk led the team with eight rebounds? 
Ten seconds. I'm not even sure if he was on the team that year or not. Um, I'll go Cliff Alexander. Woo! Oh. Cliff Alexander is the correct answer. <laughs> I got to ask. Oh, All right. Uh, for both of you guys, I'll start with you, Brian. Was yours an educated guess, complete guess? Did you know it? Kind of an educated guess. Okay. I remember Frank Mason had a bad game, so I didn't want to say Frank Mason that bad. And Garrett, what made you go with Cliff Alexander? Um, well, I was trying to remember if it was 15 or 16, or maybe even 14, but I always get Cliff Alexander and Shek Diallo's years mixed up. But came I, through. to be honest, I don't remember anything about that game, really. I just remember <laughs> that we got killed. So that was a, that was a think, shot in the dark. I think it's but one of those games know, where... I didn't know the Wayne Selden one, so... Uh, that's crazy. I think that's one of those games where normal KU fans just wiped it from the Yes, game. exactly. Yeah. As did Bill Self. All right, we're moving up to the really hard round for the first time. Back to you, Brian. In twenty in 2005, excuse me, in 2005, Kansas lost to Bucknell in the first round. Wayne Simeon led the team in scoring, but what Kansas player finished second on the team with 18 points? In that game? Yes, against Bucknell. Oh, well, the guy that sticks out to me that day was um, Michael Michael Lee. Ten seconds. Is that your answer? Five. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Michael Lee, the correct answer. Go with your gut sometimes. Worked out there for you, Brian. This is a hell of a first-round matchup. I'm sad that one of you guys has to go home after. Woo. All right, Garrett, back to you in the really hard round. The leader in three-point makes during that 2004 to 2005 season for Kansas was a player that hit 63 of them, second and third on the team combined for just 71 as a fun footnote, so by far the leader on the team with not a super high amount. So who led that 2004-2005 Kansas team in three-point makes with 63? Uh, Let's see. I would have been three years old. (laughs) So... Ten seconds. I don't. I'm not confident. Give me Keith Langford. That's not the correct answer. Unfortunately, the correct mm. answer. I don't know if this name rings for you. J.R. Giddens was the correct answer there. That's a tough one for you, Garrett. Um, okay. I'll start with you because I, I feel bad. Anytime we get somebody who is in for the first time, you don't really know where to seat them, and they get underseated a bit, as you clearly were here, you make it to the really hard round. I, I know you don't come out with a win or anything, but I, I, you should hold your head up. You, you went up against a titan of this event and Brian, and you performed well. Um, would you like to make an announcement? Would you like to commit to trivia next year? Because I, I'll say this. If you do, you're going to be getting a much higher seed based yeah, on this performance. performance. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll plan it next year. Yeah, yeah, that was the I knew it was gonna be Michael Lee too because I knew it was gonna be somebody off the beaten path for years, and so that killed me when you said that. 
yeah, but yeah, a very, very fun experience. I thank you guys for it. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate that, Brian. Uh, I'm curious if you would have, if, if the questions would have been reversed there in the really hard round, would you have got Jr. Giddens? Jr. Giddens slipped my mind. I forgot about him. So. And and the Michael Lee question there, you just went with your gut. With did you have uh, again yeah, just kind of educated guess? I felt good about, but um, the Cliff Alexander one I felt good about. The the J.R. Giddens, I just that just kind of slipped my mind. So that J.R. Giddens yeah. one, that was the tough one yeah. for really both of you guys in there. Um, yeah. and Garrett, you, I forget what you've gotten in the hard round. Would you've gotten the Wayne Selden one if that was reversed? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, in the end, unbelievable <laughs> debut for you, Garrett. Like I said, you come back next year. Uh, you're going to be getting a much much higher seed in the trivia tournament. Brian, meanwhile, five and zero, oh, man. That's a hell of a debut for you here in 2023. <laughs> Nice. nice. And, and uh, you, we already know your matchup. You're going to be taking on the five seed Kyle Coffey. Uh, I don't know. Any trash talk? Do you just want to keep it coy? Do you want to, you know, be respectable? No, no, no trash talk. I mean, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was hoping to play Nick Schwert. I want to. Ah. So, I want to take him out. Everyone wants so Nick Schwert. Yeah. But just one game at a time. We'll see. All right. Well, we love it. Guys, I appreciate being part of this uh, game of the tournament so far. Yeah, thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you. What a matchup. I mean, absolutely matchup of the, the first round so far. Do you think Man. that will be beaten at some point? I don't know. I mean, the fact that – I think just the fact that that was the first one that we saw go to the hard and the really hard and, uh, you know, I, and I in these types of first-round matchups, I feel really bad for the loser, though, because it's like clearly that person has a wealth of knowledge of RCST. And, and for Garrett in this case, I mean, I think if he comes back next year, he could easily be a top – six or seven seed mm-hmm. or five seed maybe, right? I mean, just based off this performance because he clearly is very knowledgeable and uh, just ran up against a, a really great opponent in Brian today. And, yeah, that, that's a tough one. That one stings. But, you know, Brian all of a sudden is looking like he might be a guy that can carry this into the Sizzling 16 or even further at this point. Um, I think that Brian – so Brian's always done really well in this event. He's, he's going to face ones. He's gonna face Kyle, right? Yeah, he'll play Kyle. I. He's got to be the favorite in that matchup, right? I, th- I think so, and it's nothing against Kyle. But yeah. Brian went five yeah. and zero. He answered yes. really hard, you know. Yes. Also, he was the the slightly higher seed. I uh, I would not be surprised. If this is the year Brian puts it all together. He's been really close in years past. I remember the the one that I remember the most was the year he made it to the sizzling sixteen. I can't remember if that was last year, or two years ago. And I think the question he hit was like a really hard question. It was like I think uh, harder, really hard. It was like Syracuse. It was a tough answer. I just remember it being. And that was like the moment where it was like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. But sometimes it's just a matter of the questions going your way, the matchups going your way, stuff yep. like that, and, and to when you can, you know, make the uh, a quick run I mean, versus a deep run, just like the real NCAA tournament. Yeah, exactly. Can be all exactly. about the matchups. It, it really is, and <laughs> I I kind of wonder if this is the year. Now you do have Tyler Feist, the number one overall seed in his region, that could be staying in the way. But I don't know, man. I I think Brian knows his stuff. I think he came yeah. to play this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, Kyle got. Got through the, the first round, and he's he's still looking for his first Hislin 16, right? Yeah. Kyler's, yeah, so that's a big matchup, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you got one guy looking for his first Hislin 16. You got another guy coming off of a, a great performance in the first round that he's looking to carry through. And uh, unfortunately, you know, one of them one of them is going to be going home, and that's a, that's a tough matchup. Yeah, and I'm looking now. Brian uh, was a four seed last year that won his first round matchup and then lost in the second round. So he's trying to get back over that hump, back mm-hmm. to the Sizzling 16. Uh, and like you said, with Kyle trying to make it um, for the uh, the first time in his RCST trivia career. Well, we are not done with trivia matchups today. We have one more to go. And you might be looking, oh, it's a 215 matchup. What's the big whoop? I'm telling you, some of these 215s, 116s, they're the ones that really, really deliver the most. Yep. 
And uh, I'm, you get those guys yep. that you don't yeah, know about they're because unknowns. they, you know, their first time entrance or whatever, and then. Bam, they might be a genius. Exactly. So uh, we'll see. Doug Crumpton Murray, who we always love to hear from, he'll be our uh, two seed, our 15 seed, Brett Doze. That'll be in the Pella Windows and Doors region coming up in our next segment here. You're listening to RCST Trivia. We are brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. We're going to take a timeout. We'll wrap the show up in the 5 o'clock hour. We are out early today at 520, so we'll get you that next trivia matchup in the 5 o'clock hour and then uh, finish out the show. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. Back for our fourth and final RCST trivia matchup of the day here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We uh, are going to have a high school action coming at you today. Pre-game going to start at 520 with first pitch at 530 here on KLWN. Tomorrow we're supposed to have the KU Wichita State baseball game, but uh, we'll see how the weather possibly impacts that one. Um, so once again, RCST trivia here is brought to you by our title sponsors, Pella Johnny's Tavern, River at Prince Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. 23rd Street Brewery, a great spot to watch all the games. You can check out their outdoor patio right now. Perfect for the weather heating up. You can even bring your dog out there with the pup patio. they got great service, great beer, and some absolute classics on the menu, like the Fitzgerald Reuben or the Bill Self Mac and Cheese. Check them out in Lawrence on 23rd Street for 23rd Street Brewery. Okay, so our uh, final matchup of the day is a 2-15, and... You know, it, it doesn't sound like a sexy matchup, but I, I will say this, like in in years past, some of these 215 matchups have been awesome because Well, we just had a great 413 matchup. No, we did. So we did. never know. Yeah, building the momentum, right? Yeah. But like uh, some of these 116s, 215s, you just never know because a lot of times uh, with the seeding, the lower seeds a lot of times are people who haven't been in this before. And it's usually the people who join last minute like the the entry of of joining when you joined does matter for where you're seated here and so like last year you could have somebody who knows their stuff they've never done it before but they're just like the last one to join it and they do really well like last year air kanzi our one seed he had to answer a really hard round question against his 16th seed mm. um isaac had to go he had to go five and one in trivia questions against his 16 seed last year just to get through the first round tate our two seed last year had to go five and one in questions to get through the first round andrew had to go five and two in trivia questions in the 215 matchup to get by then you have um at the bottom end of the bracket ryan had to get through a different ryan four to one in trivia questions and then garrett upset our two-seed Sam Oliver last year in a 15-over-2. Yeah, by the way, I don't think I mentioned that. Garrett Nice, who was a two-seed this year, he was a 15-seed last year that made the grade eight. <laughs> so just because we have a 215 does not mean that this is a guaranteed, like, just walk-over, easy win or anything like that. Uh, so let's get into the matchup between Doug and Brett. It's our 215 matchup. Doug Crumpton-Murray against the 15-seed Brett Doze. Doug, um, I, I made the comparison earlier in this show, and, and I'm sorry if this is uh, unfortunate, but you know, Marquise Noel, the Kansas State point guard that led him to the Elite Eight this year, uh, was the talk of the tournament, and he ended up losing in the in the Elite Eight. That I think was you last year. You were the talk of the tournament. You were the story of the tournament that people are going to remember. Uh, unfortunately, you fell in the grade eight on the first missed question that you had all tournament. But now you're back for year two of this event. What are your expectations? What are your thoughts on on this second go around? Um. I'm not sure I like being compared to a Kansas State player, but other <laughs> than that, yeah, I see the comparison. Um, 
I, you know, I had a great time last year. Obviously, know a little bit more about it now. Um, have to be prepared. You know, one and done. Anything can happen. So just have fun with it. I had a great time last year. Yeah, we always love looking at your back wall and everything. Have you done any studying for this event this year, or just do you just feel better in general? Uh, I, I have been studying. Okay. Well, Brett, this is your first appearance in this event. And we last year had a lot of really good 16-1-2-15 matchups. In, in fact, uh, we had a 15 seed make it all the way to the grade eight. So uh, you have that opportunity this year. Um, so I guess first things first, What what is your level of KU fandom and, and what made you want to join this event? Yeah, I've been a KU fan my whole life. Um, I, I think I really started getting into it around the the Drew Gooden, Nick Collison era. Uh, my first KU heartbreak was the championship game loss to Syracuse. So, um, yeah, I was really excited. I had to think for a while. I'm like, God, oh, do I want to do this? And I decided, why not? Let's go have some fun. So, Well, you shouldn't feel bad about getting the 15 seed. It's not us saying that we don't think you know your stuff. It's just based on, you know, when did people enter and we don't have a track record on you and stuff like that. So, uh, but let me ask you, do, do you feel like you're underseated here as a 15? You know, not to be honest, I expected to be a 16 when I registered okay. so late. So um, I, I did listen to Doug and I think I might as well be a 16 seed just based on how we did last year. But uh, no, I'm, I'm happy with it. Awesome. Well, uh, if you have a good performance, even if you lose, you could move up the seed line for next year should you come back, which we love having everybody back, so we hope you do. All right, with that being said, uh, we are going to get into the matchup. This is our fourth and final matchup of the day here for RCST Trivia. And Brett, you are the lower seed, so you have the option. Would you rather go first or go second? I'm going to go first. All right, rip the Band-Aid off. That means, Doug, you are up second. I think so far today person who's gone first has one win and the person who goes second has two so it's you know whatever all right we'll start in the really easy round first up for you brett name a kansas player from the 2008 national championship team mario chalmers that is correct mario chalmers one of many answers that you could have gone with there and who could forget hitting the big shot titled mario's miracle all right doug for you Name a Kansas player from the 1988 National Championship team. Danny Manning. That's right. Danny Manning. Those are two easy ones there. That's why they're in the really easy column. <laughs> all right, Doug, now 16-1 and all-time on trivia questions. Brett with the perfect winning percentage. He's 1-0. You just want to call it out now and just end now? All right. <laughs> Back know, to you, Brett. I'm nervous, but we'll keep going. <laughs> Into the easy round. <laughs> For you, Brett. This Jayhawk power forward notched 18 points and a team-high 17 rebounds in the 2012 National Championship game against Kentucky. What's his name? That would be Thomas Robinson. That would be Thomas Robinson. T-Rob had himself quite the stat stuffer game. Unfortunately, they could not come out with the victory. All right, the next season, Doug, this Jayhawk center Notched 16 points, 16 rebounds, and five blocks in the 2013 NCAA tournament second round win over North Carolina. What's his name? That would be Jeff Withy. It would be Jeff Withy. Fun little front court they had between Withy and T Rob. All right, 2 0 start for both of you. Now we move up to the medium round of questions. We've only got to the hard round once so far through a first, what, six matchups of trivia, so we'll see if. You guys can get there. We're close. All right, back to you, Brett. What jersey number did Kevin McCuller wear this past season? 
number 15. That is correct. He wore the same number that Mario Chalmers had once wore. We'll see. Maybe he'll be back for another year and wearing that again. All right, Doug, this one for you. What jersey number did Grady Dick wear this past season? Grady Dick wore number four. That is right. Grady Dick wore number four. Those jersey questions can be tricky sometimes because that's one where it's, you know, you, you can watch all the KU basketball in the world. If it doesn't come in your mind, you're you're a little tough there. All right, so good hits for both of you. And with that, we're going to pick up the intensity, pick up the mood, pick up the music as we head to the hard round for the second time, second straight time in our trivia matchups. And first up to you, Brett. The final regular season loss that the 2011 to 2012 Kansas team suffered was 74 to 71 on the road against what Big 12 opponent? Oh boy. I'm going to say Missouri. That was a good guess. I don't know if it was educated guess or if you knew it, but Missouri is the correct answer there. That was their final regular season loss that year. Ended up uh, getting them back, to say the least, in Allen Fieldhouse. All right, we got a fun 215. Doug, back to you in the hard round. The final regular season loss that the 2012 to 2013 Kansas team suffered was 81 to 58. They got blown out on the road against who in their regular season finale? Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, that is oh. incorrect. The correct answer was Baylor. That was a game where KU went in. They had clinched the Big 12 because coming into the day, they were tied with Kansas State. Kansas State lost, and then Kansas had a chance to win the Big 12 outright against Baylor, and they got crushed with the uh, Ben McElmore, Jeff Withy team. So we have our biggest upset of the tournament so far. Brett, you're moving on as a 15 seed. So I, I think... Uh, I think you've earned your way up the seed line a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll see how the next round goes. If I go out on a really easy next round, we may not think that, but uh, we're going to try to keep rolling. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Doug, I, I feel heartbroken. The, the run was so long, so awesome last year. Uh, we know you know your stuff, and, and you know I feel like the, the, the past questions, honestly, like the 80s and 90s, that's where you usually hit your stride above some other people who might not know that stuff as much. So kind of just unfortunate with the questions here. Was that one where after I said the answer, did that ring a bell at all? It did. Um, <laughs> it's a tough question when yeah. you don't know it. You know, it just caught <laughs> me. Uh, congratulations, Brett. Best of luck going forward. Well, Doug, I, I hope we get you back next year. You'll, you'll still be a high seed next year because we love having you. You're, you're one of our favorite contestants in this event. And you, you, like I said, you clearly know your stuff. I, I think next year's the year. This is your Virginia year. You're going to go Virginia, <laughs> you lose in the first round, and then you're going to bounce back and win a title. <laughs> All right. Always fun, guys. Have a great day. Thank Thanks. you. Brett, uh, you're moving on. Any words for the rest of the field? Uh. You know, we're just going to see what happens. I feel for Doug. Yeah, you know, he's he's obviously great. And sometimes you just get that question you don't know. But uh, we'll just hope that the magic keeps on going. Maybe have a little bit of uh, St. Peter's in us. Uh, real quick, if, if you would have got his question for the uh, hard, the, the one with Baylor with the answer, would you have got that right? Yeah, I, I remember 
watching that day. I know Kansas State lost earlier in the day, so we had the Big 12 share clinch, but really wanted to win outright. So uh, that was a disappointing one, but uh, it worked out. Awesome. Well, Brett, looks like we got a uh, future RCST trivia titan coming at us this year. We appreciate the time and see you in a few weeks, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Man, I, I, I feel heartbroken. I feel heartbroken for Doug. Um, Dude, that I, was tough. I felt heartbroken last year when he lost in the grade A. I, I feel more heartbroken this year just because it's a first-round exit. And yeah. clearly, Brett was underseated. But again, there's only so much we can do. Like, yeah. I can't hire a private investigator well, and, and like, you, figure you out. You could tell yeah. that, that Doug maybe had an expectation of, of going far, yeah. Pretty going far, further, yeah. Right, you know, so... It's tough. It's it's so it's so tough when you get those kinds of matchups because like yeah you're right. I mean Brett obviously is clearly knows his stuff and would probably have been a little bit of a higher seed, but because it's his first year and of his the time of his entry, he gets a 15. And Doug getting rewarded for his great performance last year becomes a two, but then ends up it ends up being a tough matchup for him. And man, I mean again getting to the hard round and. These last two matchups have been a lot of fun. I'll just say that. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is what trivia is all about. When we get to those deep yeah. rounds, and yeah, yeah, it is a ton of fun. So, uh, really, there's two big storylines there. One, it's it's Doug, who you feel bad for, and you feel like is clearly one of the most talented people in this tournament. Just sometimes things happen. I mean, yeah. the more we go on this, hypothetically, if we did 20 years of this, like even <laughs> our guys that have been mainstays in the Phenomenal Four, like our Eric's and Tyler's of the world, eventually they're going to have, like Isaac last year lost in the second round. It's just sometimes the questions don't go your way. Yeah. Sometimes the opponent is wrong, as we kind of talked about with the previous matchup. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happened here. I do hope we get Doug back because we enjoy having him. And well, uh, I think the main storyline here is, so you have Brett, yeah, Brett. winning. They, Brett's in the same pod of, as uh, as Lane in the Appella Windows and Doors region. Mm-hmm. So so you have Lane as the 11 seed, right, who won his matchup, and Doug, and Brett as the 15. And so one of those guys, and then you have Steve in the 7 matchup, and the 3 seed in that region is, I don't remember who it is off the top of my head. Uh, Kyle Martin. It, Kyle Martin, yeah. So, Which so, I, so one of those guys is going to go to the Sizzling 16. Well, I dubbed this the region of death before it even started, and... You know, now you get a six seed that gets upended. You get a two seed that gets upended. Does that mean that the yeah. region of death is quickly becoming the most open region? Or does it even further signify it's the region of death? Because now we even know that even the lower seeds were really yeah, good. Could be. But yeah, like one of those one of those guys is making the sizzle in 16 out of that bottom half. So that's cool. Uh, that's a really fascinating little pod of matchups that we have there. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of RCST Trivia, today's edition. We have five matchups coming up tomorrow, so uh, we're going to take a time out here and uh, switch over to some high school softball coverage as uh, we'll have Lawrence High Softball coming at you next. This has been Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Don't forget you can find anything you missed on the Best of RCST podcast wherever you find any of your podcasts. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your night. We'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock right here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN and Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.